This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Matt, the party's this way. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 310, Mavith, is brought to you by the Pathfinder program, trying to bring death to the world since 1639. Well, Pete, from 1639 to this, the final new episode of Marvel Television in 2015. Pete, a quick programming note. It was confirmed to us exclusively today by Mark Kolpak, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. visual effects supervisor, that this season will indeed be 22 episodes. Uh, So I know that there was some discussion about that. Also, uh, the promos in the episode confirmed that it it will be back March 8th, which was a date that was out there, but that was before the shift in Agent Carter. So, Pete, a clear road for the remaining 12 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starting March 8th, continuing on through uh, April and into May. And from the guy that would have the greatest need to know how many episodes they're going to have and spread their budget around, certainly... On the surface, an image in um, an image, an issue in this episode, as far as images are concerned. Well, Pete, with that, let's jump into the episode. When we catch you up on what went down, the tease Matt begins on the alien planet with uh, the Hydra team fits in tow. Uh, something seems to be wrong. Uh, Ward's impatient. He sends scouts towards a a ridge on the horizon, and the timeline there is that they have six of the 12 hours they went with left. Um, Fitz wants Ward to shut the hell up because he's dealing with experimental technology and not quite precise measurements that uh, Gemma Simmons brought back, and he uses this as a ruse to go for Ward's gun, um, he sends uh, Fitz falling down a hill there and explains, uh, Ward does to Fitz, that if he doesn't make it back, Simmons will be killed and it will be all his fault. Pete, it was such a joy to see Fitz standing up to Ward in this manner. Um, and and it was just great to see the, the, the r- kind of resounding uh, energy that fits put behind all of this and all the way down to him saying that of course there are no evil alien baddies on this desolate world that last little bit maybe being slightly ironic given yeah. that uh, <laughs> i think he's wrong about that yeah. um then there's also that reveal there pete of uh, something i'm sure you you loved to recognize that hydra sculpture <laughs> Yeah, I took a selfie in front of it when I went. It was, uh, it's great. Um, but uh, the the idea here that Fitz floated that um, Malik had sent Ward because he was expendable. Um, why do you think that uh, is? And then, you know, to pull you out of this tease, this gigantic statue, this sculpture, this monument, whatever it is, to death. Part of what I like about Malik is that Pete, can't it be both? Can't it be both Ward is the best guy for the job 
and uh, expendable. Um, great, great villain there, and glad to see. Uh, glad to see we have the possibility of more of him in the future. As Act One begins proper, we have a Quinjet dock with Zephyr One, Hunter, Mac, and uh, Bobby come to the realization that they need to take the castle. Uh, Daisy has quickly figured out that they are Hydra is stockpiling in humans. They have about 10 to 12 containers uh, full of them. And the question of course, may has is if Andrew is there. Um, Joey uh, recent uh, conversion and addition here as an inhuman uh, wants to know whether they're going to be attacking Hydra, rescuing Colson or some combination of the both. And Hunter explains to him that this is how S.H.I.E.L.D. works. You make a plan, the plan goes to rubbish, and then you picked up the pieces. Pete, I took a little exception with this scene. Uh, I understand this is the point in an episode where you're going to have updating exposition about you're going to go here and I'm going to go there and you're going to be with me and you're going to be, you know, part of the beta team and all of that. That said, I felt the scene was still a little heavy with all of this all this exposition here and i know too that you're trying to serve the story master of getting joey to be more involved in the team because you know safe money is betting that uh that you know we're gonna have mockingbird and hunter probably leave at some point my bet is probably leave so they can do maybe a summertime show um but that they will need to leave agents of shield if that's going to happen so you maybe you update joey and we have more lincoln on the team and all of that Point being, I felt like this was serving a lot of story masters, but not serving the audience uh, first and foremost in terms of just, you know, let's spell out what the plan is today and move on. I didn't have uh, that big a problem with it. There was a scene later in the episode that I think we both had a bigger issue with as far as the amount of talk, less action going on there but with this scene mac explaining as acting director that everything's got to happen on the qt that's quiet tip matt i know you don't speak street um that there can't be gunfire there'll be no backup breaking them into two teams here and that uh he's assigning daisy or tremors to find them a back door uh, with that, we cut to the castle where Pete, we are reminded that Maveth is Hebrew for death. Wait a minute, Pete. Isn't that the name of the episode? Uh, yeah, and it's pronounced Matt Maveth. Maveth. I apologize. I do yeah. apologize. Um, Pete, I think that means somebody might die. Well, we'll get to that. At, but for now, there's cargo there. The aforementioned uh, inhuman containers and their special patented gel which um malik reminds mr guerra whose name <laughs> i i could not spell if i tried <laughs> that uh these are not their toys to play with they are for their friend because every general you know needs an army well you know pete where do you know where a great general keeps his army where's that up his sleevey with that, Pete, we head back to Simmons, don't we? Well, they're in the same room. <laughs> She's handcuffed. And uh, there's talk of the calculations there 
that they would have 73 seconds uh, with the portal. And uh, Simmons says that that is wrong. And uh, Malik, of course, feels that she's just trying to throw him off, but she reveals that her motivations are the same, that she wants to get Fitz back here. And that's with the realization that the Mavith symbol carved all over what it means and that Malik has sent Fitz there as an offering. Pete, if I'm going to give a wag of the finger to exposition in previous scenes, I'll give a tip of the hat here to it. It's a nice way to establish that we have, you know, the the really serious countdown and, oh, no, the portal will close. But that also we do have a you know potentially a little wiggle room. So it's a nice way to put gas on the story, you know, to put the foot on the gas later in the story, but also give us the wiggle room to kind of have the dramatic you know, no, we need to go now. I mean now, and then still have, you know, like a 45-second jog to to the thing. The best parts of this episode were when the Hydra and the S.H.I.E.L.D. interests were aligned. Yeah, and I think that there, there's not a ton of fat on this episode, but unlike many, many, many episodes, there is some fat on this episode where it's it's a lot of like, well, let's get ready to do the thing that sets up the other thing that sets up their return. Right. Again, I, I and you know, it's it, it's it's with love that there's some chiding. <laughs> uh Mac further lays out the plan, explains um to May that she's going to take Joey um in addition to the other uh powered people to uh take care of what's going on in the castle and then we're whisked away matt back to the planet where um fitz asks ward if the thing they're looking for whether you have to whisper his name three times in a mirror or just leave a saucer of milk out for it indeed fitz referring to it as a hell beast as well and uh just some great great dialogue there what fitz cannot do uh, physically, which is stand up to Ward and all these guys, and you know, mow them all down, or you know, give them a big old you know George McFly punch to the jaw. He's not able to do that, but he is able to to cut him down with his wit and sense of humor. The repetition that the uh, the creature, it, whatever we're going to call it, can smell blood. Um, you know, certainly of interest, and uh, you know, Fitz being the everyman. In this scene, you know, who wouldn't want to be on that team, he asks Ward. But uh, he also points out that Simmons said that it could drive people crazy. And it's at that point that Fitz finds the uh, hole, the needle in a stack of needles on this alien planet just happens to find Will's uh, cave. Pete, it might be coincidence upon coincidences but uh i thought that here the presentation of will in no way belies the reveal that's ahead which not for nothing i think people could predict as a possible outcome but they they do a great job hiding it here with the return of will who looks oddly like ward like more like ward than he did last time i don't see that he looks like ward i i'm not quite getting that why because he has a five o'clock shadow i don't know i just thought that there were some shots maybe it was just the the fact that there were these two square charred you know army type uniform guys there ready to kick some butt 
I don't know. Perhaps perhaps it's all in my head, Pete. Perhaps perhaps secretly the fact that I make fun of the Ward fans. Maybe I'm just discovering that I am one. I I guess so. But uh, you know, first Ward uh, bent that uh, Fitz tried to get away a second time, but then explains that. Uh, this is Will. This is who Simmons had stayed with all of her time on the planet here. And that Will will be their guide as the first act ends. Pete, from the sweet, sweet sleep of the commercial break, here's Colson. He's in bed. And Pete, what I thought was a really touching moment, here we are. He's in bed with Roz. And it was a nice opportunity to bring the character back for one more kind of curtain call. Great to see Constance Zimmer. Uh, in a scene that we know is immediately not true, but we kind of try and hold on to the sweetness. Well, that's the thing. You know, you see him and you could figure out rather quickly, okay, this is not a flashback, but rather his imagination. And it's a it's a good coda for an actress who was taken rather suddenly from the show and, and some closure there, uh, ironically, in the episode after the episode called closure (laughs) um but uh you know telling him good morning that uh he thought she uh that she had been lost that she's still there that uh he overslept but now he needs to get up and that's when we know okay it's time they need you she tells him uh more than ever and I love the transition, Matt, of as Colson wakes, there's a skull right next to him. Yeah, a little extra twist of the uh, the storyteller's knife, if you will. Really, really nice touch. Yeah, uh, I'll be damned. It's Tatooine. There you go. There you, you go. I hey. love that Disney corporate synergy across uh, all things, despite the fact that Matt twice ran and hid down a hallway when the star wars music came on during commercial breaks pete all i know about this movie is apparently it's a sequel to uh to the one with jar jar binks and that um and that there's upward looking girl and uh sweaty hat taking off guy and they go on some space adventures so i'm really looking forward to it Uh, i heard there might be a cue in it and also the borg so i'm really excited i have i have really high expectations but pete we go back to Will's hatch, the hatch, if you will, uh, and Ward uh, checks him over. He's got that uh, that Pathfinder patch there, so Ward figures he's good peeps. And Fitz calls Ward a child here with how Ward is, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, you, I guess this is where uh, where you kept Simmons warm and looking at looking at their, you know, their bunk bed, well, not bunk bed, but their their their, their bunk situation." And I'm so glad that Fitz calls him out on that ridiculous behavior of wards yeah uh and this whole idea about being attacked by it gets floated out for the first time uh from will and uh ward explains that he has brought it a gift and uh there's also the reference made there to Will's leg being hurt. And Pete, it's the first time that we get a sense of how hurt it is, which is, you know, a whole lot of gauze, a big old blood stain. Um, and uh, I guess that's just to kind of file away for in case the story wants to use it later. Yeah, like in 25 minutes or so. <laughs> 
Um, we transition back to the castle and the mission is go. Joey uses his powers to melt the iron bars at the end of a tunnel. Um, Mac and May, Bobby and Hunter uh, all head in. Uh, Bobby and Hunter stay with Mac. Um, we go to Simmons, who uh, is trying to escape from her cuffs here, and she's found something to do that with. Uh, Lincoln and Joey then not being quite used to this whole shield mission thing. They're freaking out with uh, May and Daisy and uh, May uh, tells them it'd be a lot easier if the place, if the hydro compound wasn't lit up and Lincoln takes care of that. Pete, something that I'm a little uh, sensitive to that I think might be where the story is headed, uh, you know, where the, the rest of the season, uh, it, I'm sensitive to it because of a story that I heard Alec Baldwin tell once, which is he wanted to, to get a whole bunch of actors around his age to do kind of like an NBC legal drama. His, his reference was, you know, like Treat Williams and, you know, kind of guys of that ilk. And the NBC suit that he's talking to was like, oh, I don't know. Then Alec Baldwin, as a joke, was like, well, what if I was the mentor boss to five Abercrombie and Fitch uh, models who are now lawyers? And the suit was like, that's great. That's wonderful. That would be amazing. So I look at a scene like this where we've added two new characters to the team in Joey and Lincoln. Um, we've started with what was a kind of May in the number two spot back in the beginning of the series. Here she is literally off to the side, literally the least lit as they're getting ready. The focus of the scene on Joey's fearful comedy. He's the newbie agent, but Lincoln, he understands that nerve, the nerves too. Sky, she's a little bit of more of a veteran, but you know what? We're all 24. Ha ha ha. Oh, there's <laughs> Ming-Na Wen. I guess say some lines about how you're tough. I don't want this to turn into the Abercrombie and Fitch X-Men battle. And occasionally you trot out somebody who might be a little over 40. Yeah, it is. It's seductive. This idea of the secret warriors, it's been floated for some time. This unofficially their first mission out of desperation, of course, activating uh, Joey alongside Lincoln. And and I agree with you on the marginalization of Ming-Na Wen, and I think that's got to be handled very tactfully. You can build this team and deploy this team, but you want to certainly avoid the kind of vague uh, youngness of it, <laughs> I guess is the best way I can put it. I mean, certainly, um, you know, Luke Mitchell is somebody known to the show, but there's a reason why when we see Joey, we have to make sure it's Joey. Right. And let me put it this way. And I don't want to be a downer in this, the fall finale and in, in the holiday season, the winter finale, Matt, the, come on. It is December 8th, Pete. I'm calling it the fall finale and we have the winter for agent Carter, but here's the, here's the, 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 the financial dynamic of the show. Okay, there's every incentive to do a fourth season to get more episodes for a syndication package for a Netflix package for whatever the second life is of this show. The ratings are such that there probably isn't much incentive to do past a fourth season. So that being the case, 
you don't need to change the recipe here to get to the to get to four seasons. You don't need to change the recipe. It works. It's gotten you this far. Let's not suddenly, you know, move move some of the people who are who are older off to past you know out to pasture and bring in some new blood and you know an attempt to like. Let's add the new guy to the fourth season of the A team because no one remembers that well. That's just my concern, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll end my rant here. And I certainly don't want to be canceling the show in eighteen months. I don't want to be making that call, but you know, this the, the, let's let's stick with what works, and what works is Ming Na Wen. Yeah, the show's not going anywhere, um, but there is this transition, and they've built this all season long. Um, and ultimately, I think where we wind up by the end of the season with this team will, you know, th- this will be a seminal moment for it. Meanwhile, back on the planet, uh, Fitz is talking to Will and, uh, you know, talking about running here um, and the idea of the sacrifices for the second time in the episode comes up here and that the real agenda for Hydra has long been to uh, to bring back whatever is living on this planet um, Fitz explains that Ward is a Hydra toady uh, you know cut off one head blah 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 Something that was so effective in the writing of this scene was with Fitz now having this opportunity to give Will the lowdown. Well, if Will's the secret bad guy, whether he's Hydra or Space Beastie or whatever, this is the opportunity. And there's even a moment where kind of Will pauses, he turns back to Ward, and the way it's shot, it is suggestive that he has opened up a little space between him and Fitz. Um when in fact he has not, it's still suggestive of that. And the fact that he then doesn't sell out fits, you go, oh, okay. So they were setting me up for like to believe something that's not true, which is Will's a bad guy. So really nicely done, given that we're kind of playing with this. Is Will team Hydra or is Will team Fitz? Well, he can be neither as it turns out. Yeah. And um, with the tension here of whatever is there out to get them, the situation with the clock ticking down and the bleeding here that Fitz is bleeding, that Will is bleeding too, um, that it's only a matter of time until they get found by whatever's out there. It certainly helps to move the story along. And move along the story does. We go back to the castle where Gemma is on the loose. She's gotten out. There's lots of uh, kind of escaping and ducking and getting to the end of hallways where other people can catch her. And then Pete, she's found a bunch of boxes. What's in the boxes? Inhumans are in the boxes. And she finds, of course, uh, Dr. Andrew Garner, who wants uh, her to let him out. Pete, that's the guy from L.A. Law that was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. earlier this season. It is. And with that, we, of course, take that to the act break. Act three starts up. Uh, we pick up right where we left off. Uh, Andrew wants to know if Coulson has sent Simmons, but uh, she explains the Hydra situation that they did not know Hydra had its hand into the ATCU. Um, 
that they both hate Hydra. He says, Garner does, that he will protect her, says this several times, that he's the only one who can do it. Uh, and she finally opens up the uh, containment box there. Uh, two thugs come in with guns, and I... I both liked and disliked the special effect there. The shot was such through the window of, of the containment unit of um, Blair Underwood stepping back and his features beginning to sharpen into the lash makeup. But then he's out of frame. Noise, noise, scream, scream. Yeah. Pete. You shouldn't be so judgmental here. Once an episode, you can have great action off screen. Let it be in the mind. If you do it once per episode, it's not a big deal. But if you do it twice, like happens a couple scenes later, then is it saving our budget <laughs> for later on? Pete, let me put it to you this way. This is an episode where they had to give some bank to TV's Constant Zimmer, TV's Blair Underwood, and film and TV's Powers Booth. You can't have... How many fight scenes are you going to do on camera? Just, it's it's theater of the mind, Pete. It's theater <laughs> of the mind. Psychological beatdowns. Speaking of psychological, back on the alien planet there, Ward is asking Will about the statue or the shrine that he saw earlier that day. Uh, Will explains that it used to live there. And the over-the-top dialogue of changing or dying comes up. Um, Ward explains that Earth is now under the siege of an alien contagion. They call themselves inhumans. And like that, we get some change with a sandstorm. It did seem a little incongruous. I didn't know if we if we were supposed to read it as Ward a little um, kind of you know anti inhuman, you know in turn you know like anti mutant as we might have seen in another land um, and that kind of take, or if it was just now Will or you know the 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 alien formerly known as <laughs> not inhabiting Will's body w- will I ain't will I ain't ooh um like I didn't know if it was like let's move a story football into into position so now you know will I ain't Ward I ain't knows about the inhumans it, it was a little out of the blue um but at least that sandstorm does come and bring bring physical change to the situation and how about the little detail there? Fitz goes to hand goggles to Will, and he says, I'm used to it. So in addition to the physical change Will had on, undergone, it now was an idea of familiarity. I must admit I didn't, I didn't glob on to that as a, look, he's a bad guy uh, notion. I mean, I did notice it, and I said, oh, you know. How, how interesting that he's so used to all of this. But uh, I guess it just goes to show that these old writers, they might have a couple scenes where people stand around and talk and explain what they're about to do, but uh, they have a couple tricks up their old sleeves as well. From the no-fly zone to Mac, Hunter, and Bobby talking about a dozen Hydra that are closing in on them. Copy that. Grunt, grunt off screen. No more Hydra. Pete, what a show. 
two great fights that they haven't that they didn't show that they didn't show. <laughs> That's how this is. This is like it's, it's bursting. Radio. This is like like J.J. Abrams with like the first Star Trek movie. Man, this universe is so bright; it's bursting off the screen. There's so much action in this show. They can't show all the fights, Pete. What fights don't they show in uh, the first Star Trek? No, no, the lights in Star Trek are so bright that they leap off the screen and into your eyes just as the fights in this episode are so many and so awesome that they can't possibly show you some of them i i guess i can't quite compare lens flare to uh to what happens here a lot of back and forth at this point in the story back on the planet uh will has taken out one hydra guy and then uh using the sandstorm he subdues uh ward um meanwhile uh daisy is uh making her move here that uh joey and uh lincoln are uh you know not far behind and uh they bail her out um i think was a nice story flourish there amongst the inhumans is that hot lead on your vest or are you happy to see me (laughs) um well they definitely heard it and uh i love that see that on bulletproof um that was that was good and and that's where the addition of you know a, a rookie inhuman as uh mac referred to him earlier in the episode that's that's the the g whiz joy of of this show that you know when they initially pitched it okay not all heroes are super and now we have a show where there are superheroes. Yeah, that was the moment where I was won over to Joey, and it was like maybe he isn't a victim of circumstance and uh, just a character who's kind of moving through the story. Maybe he is going to stick around. Also, by the way, Pete, glad to see that uh, May saves Simmons. Yeah, and you know, again, at this part of this uh, episode where people are, you know. Uh, we're, we're rapidly flickering between two locations and moving things forward. This one's going to rescue this one. This one's going to rescue that one. But the realization, the admission there from Gemma that uh, Andrew is there, uh, Andrew or Lash saved her, technically both. And uh, Does she know they, the difference anymore, Pete? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, know the difference anymore. But this is this is where the, the veteran actress and the character – of May talking about how he's not the mission really was effective, which makes the twist to go back for him a little later and what he's done that much more effective. With that, Pete, we go back to the planet. As you said, it kind of quickly becomes rat-a-tat-tat style here. Planet castle, planet castle, planet castle. But we're on the planet. Uh, Pete, Ward gets Ward separated for some of his guys. Two of them get taken out. Who is it through the mists? We're expecting Will and Fitz. Instead, oh, it's Coulson. And Pete, then we have a Coulson v. Ward just smack down, drag out fight. Yeah, and uh, Ward is quick to taunt him, tell Coulson that he will never find Fitz without him. Um, and this is the the leader, Colson, though he's not in charge right now, believing Fitz to be a smart guy. He'll figure it out. Uh, Ward tells um, Colson that it can smell blood, that Fitz is bleeding. And uh, now Ward is, too. 
Yeah, yeah, that uh, that must have hurt for you to see that. I took I took great joy in it. As Act Four begins here, Matt, we've got uh, Hunter helping Gemma up, telling her that the party is this way. Uh, Joey is going to reinforce the door with his melty abilities, and uh, Mac sees Gemma here. There she is. That's what I'm talking about. And Simmons reminds everybody how dangerous it all is and then says, oh, by the way, Lash is out. Oh, oh, hey, May isn't here. So kind There's of. There's May. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, directly making things clear to the audience. Um, with that, though, we cut to May and Pete. She's found some body parts because yeah. what Andrew did was bad against the really, really bad guys. Unlike Mockingbird, who presumably just knocked them out and then later they were bombed from the sky and killed but it it was unclear just based on may's discovery you know we see the containers we see the names on the containers but it was unclear whether it was the inhumans or whether it was other guards and the ultimate confirmation that he was killing the inhumans doesn't come till a little later an interesting example of all the gentle complaints on the one hand for me that we are over explaining things then there's a moment where they show it through the camera and it's not clear i totally agree it was not clear and then they need to confirm it later so i guess sometimes them's the breaks pete back to the planet ward is introspective he's talking about how hydra gave him satisfaction and hope and an appreciation for the beauty of the future. And Pete Colson has a great response. Yeah, he wants him to save his breath here <laughs> so you don't uh, try to talk him out of it. Um, but words going on about how he had chosen Hydra for petty reasons that, uh, you know, the, the foster father, the, the closure, all these things. But what he saw today gave his life meaning he didn't have before when he was seeking revenge like Coulson is. And, um, you know, that it isn't death. It's a new beginning because we'll say that phrase now. Uh, Brett Dalton will say this phrase now for the third time in about 30 show minutes stretching across two episodes. Luckily, Pete Colson has a great way to quiet him. He shoots him in the shoulder, and that's pretty awesome. And not a new beginning, because it's something he's doing twice. Well, Pete, uh, as, as a great sage once said, every new beginning comes oh. from some other beginning's end. Yeah. But, uh, you know, had Malik had sent him here and said that it was part of the plan and Ward tells him, uh, you'll see this. Um, Mac, meanwhile, is explaining that uh, Malik has sent Ward to bring back this ancient Hydra god, uh, that they were preparing an army for it at the same time. Um, And he's skeptical about everything going on here. Uh, But Gemma has seen this and she explains that... uh, while she didn't see it, she felt it. She felt uh, something that was old and pained. The whole planet was a wasteland. And um, it's here that Daisy 
uh, interrupts and that they can't leave these inhumans behind. And it's here too, where I just felt like, why is there all this exposition to underline that the creature is the big bad who's been feared by the inhumans and beloved by Hydra for all these many years? In retrospect, I guess it's because we're going to deal with this baddie for the next 12 episodes, but it still seemed like, okay, I get it. I mean, look, we saw the really cool dust monster in the in the, the, the wisps and the shadows, and like we, we know the reputation of this bad thing that's out there. I didn't know why we needed to underline it in dialogue. Ditto for like, what should we do? Should we shut it down on time? What will come? What has Andrew done? What has like, there's all these questions where it's like, yeah, I get that they don't know what to do when it's like portal time. Like if, if, if all our heroes don't walk through right the first minute that they can, what's next? I get that that's a question. I didn't get why they needed to keep bringing these questions up. We get a couple of time check-ins here. There's a scene with Malik where it's revealed that they have less than 15 minutes remaining before they have to access the portal. And he tells his underlings that they better regain control. Uh, Coulson then checks in with Ward and the timer is down to 13 minutes. And he prompts Ward to move faster, which he admits he would have done if he hadn't been shot twice. We also get established in this scene that Coulson sees Fitz and Will in the distance. So we're kind of, you know, the, the the two parties are coming together. And then we get some idea of uh, the scope here. Mac is explaining that he's going to stay until the last second. Um, and then he wants them to light the castle up with every missile that they have. That's an order of course, and this is all about him making the hard call as the acting director. Uh, if he doesn't get out, he's appointing May the new director. That's what Coulson would have wanted. Uh, Daisy wants to stay to uh, keep the portal open and because their partners was kind of a nice moment there uh, with everything they've done for those two characters. Pete, this scene here where Mac is giving instructions in case he dies. I have to admit, if that was a misdirect, I was starting to buy it. I was like, are they really going to kill the male black character at the for fall the finale for the second season you know, in a row? Exactly. But then I was That's... like, but do shows do that where they're so blind? I'm like, I don't know, but this is like a diverse showrunning cast. And, would they blah, blah, blah. and I'm all in my head spinning around because i was convinced that that was now a possibility and that was on on the story table so if that was their intention to sow doubt and distrust and concern in the audience mission accomplished well poor henry simmons you know reading these lines must have been looking around like all right am i gonna get pulled into a meeting here and okay henry thanks for helping us out but we're gonna bj brit you i mean that was a tragic loss uh last season when mm. uh when when trip was killed as the result of the terrigen mist there and, and daisy getting her powers something that we still see the resonance in the character um you know the 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 idea that her becoming took out a member of their team is is something that remains with her um but with everything here that Mac allows Simmons, uh, Simmons, I should say, Daisy to stay with her, they send everybody else out. Um, 
Fitz and Will are closing in on the portal there. It's just over uh, the next rise. And then we see, Matt, for the first time, this ancient civilization on this landscape. And Fitz has questions. Gemma never told him about it. And Will explains it away that she never saw it because we're still in the no-fly zone. Um, being the good millennial that he is, Fitz, of course, takes some pictures with his special battery that is shockproof and lasts forever and all sorts of other things. But now suddenly the exposition that there used to be nine cities on this planet, but they fear change. There was a war. It destroyed them. So, hey, Matt, how does Will know so much? Because, Pete, in quite a good bit of story magic, in the Snowfly Zone, it's been a hidden, it's been a hidey hole for story bits like the cities and the warring among themselves. And Will so, knows so much because Pete, he's the bad guy, end of act. And he was there. And uh, ex- the explanation that he had um, killed Will, uh, or Will rather died, um, saving Gemma from him. And he kicks Fitz down the hill there as we go to the final commercial break our final act here starts with fitz running from will they uh get into a fight uh we flip back to the quinjet docking with zephyr one and bobby and may get out she has them bring weapons online and the zephyr one go to twenty thousand feet so that they can execute this strike potentially uh on hydra in the castle Back on the planet here um, as Coulson and Ward starts to uh, close in on Fitz and Will. Coulson shoots Will, and while he's distracted, Ward attacks him. All the while, the portal here is getting ready to open with uh, Mac and Daisy, and uh, he tells her to go, but she will not leave his side. Pete, it's frenetic the pace here. Fitz v. Will, grudge match. Zephyr 1, in position, castle, ready for entry stuff. Other Hydra guys (laughs) at the door. You know, we're zipping back and forth here. You know, uh, Pete, they're ready to shoot the bad guy if he comes. Because, Pete, they, of course, would know the true face of evil if he comes through and not a familiar face among us. Right. That And that red herring there when Max says anything other than our people comes out, blow him away. You know, the the idea that this thing is in Will um, and at this point not clear if it's going to come through as him or come through as one of our friends or one of our foes. We get uh, Fitz back at the planet who now shoots Will four times. Uh, Back to May with the weapons hot here, standing by on her command. So the tension certainly building. Coulson and Ward have this big throwdown. Uh, Coulson asks Ward how many people, how many lives Ward has been responsible for taking, that uh, this is over here. Fitz, meanwhile, as Will closes in on the portal, uh, retcons the flare he had used uh, when he was looking for Gemma. And here, when it was her salvation before, it becomes everybody else's salvation in that he uses it to kill Will right in front of the portal. And uh, I like with I like that they have 
enough finality to Will's death where there's not immediately the, you know, the, the, the transfer of the, you know, set the alpha five earworm <laughs> coming out. Um, similarly, you know, the fact that Colson has, has not only apparently killed Ward, but I think we can legitimately say Colson killed Ward. Certainly Pete, a shocking moment. Yeah. That Fitz turns to him and says, let's go. And Colson has that quick flashback to the image of Roz from earlier in the episode. And then he presses his hand on Ward's chest and he's gurgling. He does it again. He appears to kill him and Fitz is shocked. I was disappointed, Matt, not in the actor. Certainly he's, he's doing what he's doing and we know how often an, an actor, you know, disagrees with what's done. But I thought this was completely out of place for Colson. The Colson we know would bring him back, would see that he got uh, justice, that wouldn't be judge and jury. And I was almost concerned at this point in the story, could uh, it, could Mavith um, have quickly have moved into Colson? And was that going to be a reveal? I didn't have that initial reaction. However, this is a show that started with the concept of here are the law and order people that keep law and order for us. And we we haven't known about S.H.I.E.L.D. a whole lot lately because they've been behind the scenes. But now because of the Iron Man's and the 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 thor from space now now shield is a little bit more public but these are the people these are the good servants who protect us and protect our way of life and protect our laws and all of that and fine we've had the whole winter soldier bit where you know blah 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 but the notion of colson goes rogue and colson now is the it, you know has gone from sheriff and he, but he's now he's turned in his tin star and he's gone into the gone to the desert and he's you know he's killed his nemesis i don't have a problem with it in my heart but in my head this is not the colson f- from the beginning of the show this is not the colson who is going to take shield as this this extra legal covert group because that is the best way to serve the law and to shield people and to keep them safe you know when colson says it's okay to kill i don't you know like all of a sudden there's all sorts of overtones to real world stuff where who gets to be the one to push the button who gets to be the one to take the life what's the chain of command and for colson there is none and if we're going to give this show due diligence with and a real world going over, I'm not comfortable with even you know Phil Coulson being the one to say I have the power to take lives. And dropping, disconnecting his hand and, and leaving it on Ward as a flourish was certainly um, an interesting bit from a writing point. Um, we get a quick shot of a uh, a burning will. And they flip back to Zephyr 1 where they have uh, May fire the button. There's explosions at the castle. Uh, But, of course, the containment unit shoots up at just the last second. Mac tells them to uh, open the doors. I'm bringing them in. It docks and we get this slow motion reunion. Uh, Fitz comes up from behind Simmons, who is looking into the containment unit for Will. 
um, Coulson, uh, you know, comes out. Um, we get uh, Lincoln and Daisy kissing. Uh, May uh, and Coulson hug. And then finally, uh, Simmons notices Fitz behind her. Um, and they hug. And there's this locking of eyes between Fitz and Coulson that uh, we close with our shield people for the first half of the season. I, I liked that ending in didn't that... like it at all. Wow. Well, I liked that it was implied that here Fitz and Colson are going to keep the news of Will's death to themselves, at least for right now, as she gets through this and so on and so forth. Um, frankly, the kind of montage aspect I like too, the slow-mo kissing, huggy, happy stuff, the bittersweetness of Simmons has lost someone, but now her, her, you know, sometimes brother, sometimes gentleman dinner time friend, um, (laughs) is back with her too. So it's, you know, she's lost something, but she's, she's got something back as well. I, I dug it, Pete. For what went on the seeming elimination of Ward, the loss of Will, which actually, you know, Simmons was the last person to be around him before he died. This was this other thing that they killed here. Um, I felt that it needed dialogue. I felt that it needed to be communicated amongst these characters instead of looks and the misdirect of Will's not in the pod and, that kind of thing. I, I think it was too busy from a visual standpoint, but not busy enough. This is the scene where they they should have spent their bullets on at least this happened and, and let's put some words behind it. Well, speaking of too busy, Pete, after the act break, we have Malik on his way out and the reveal that what I think can only be assumed to be, you know, alien plus ward or alien in ward. Um, ward I ain't. Ward I ain't. Uh, that he's there. I did not like that. If you're going to kill Ward, but keep alien Brett Dalton in the show, I'll buy that. But give me the next two months to say they just killed Ward, period, the end, finito. Because if you haven't killed Ward and if he's like, you know, uh, the doctor from Howard the Duck, you know, oh, I can feel it growing inside me. Like, if that's the route you want to go where Ward isn't dead, then don't kill him in the previous scene and cheapen a character. You know, don't fire the bullet and then say, oh, it actually was a blank. That I will completely agree with you on because now this actor's on borrowed time. It is until either they make up him over what goes on, you know, we see the worm moving beneath the skin and, you know, where they will go from a, from a special effects or makeup standpoint to, you know, beyond the eyes or the contacts, whatever they're doing there to ultimately have him assume some other form. And there's no way that this Mavith it death ward, I ain't whatever character is going to be a fixture so this is it's a new beginning it's the beginning of the end for brett dalton on this show and i agree with you it it cheapens what they did you had a better idea for how this might have gone what was that i don't remember it that they would have hung out the idea that that ward wasn't dead or 
you 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 tell them. Well, I mean, just if if you saved this scene for the next episode, knowing that you have this big break to it, I think that would be a really awesome way to start things, uh, you know, or to save that to the end of the next episode, something like that. I I, I would have liked to just deal with the conceit. Oh man, Brett Dalton is gone. I mean, yeah, this is, it would be following the exact same, uh, hard to mask for four months that he's, well, you know what? But then that plays into the fact that, well, like you kind of get to say, well, they're not following the same playbook as the walking dead when the walking dead hit this and Starbuck and, uh, and, but I see Brett Dalton still filming and what's going on. Like, at least that would have been fun. Like he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. But we would have started with the idea that Brett Dalton is no longer on the show, which is more powerful than killing off a character. To actually, you know, to actually get rid of the actor, especially somebody who's part of the the initial cast, that would have cut deep. And then if you heard these rumors, he's coming back, he's coming back. Hashtag Ward lives. Hashtag Ward is evil. That would have you that you could have made hay out of that. But I feel like they didn't want to trust the audience. Maybe the Ward fans, I don't know, but they they didn't want to trust the audience with. Being without Ward and and thinking that they committed to it, and I say shame on them. Well, we'll pick up Tuesday, March eighth. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Matt. First up, Grant Ward. I have continued to sour on the character of Grant Ward. I mean, we've discussed in the past the irredeemability to him. Uh, I'm going to buy that the show killed him because I think more important than uh, can Ward come back? What are they doing? What's he up to? What's his plan? More important than all of that is something I also have said. I think that they no longer know how to write Grant Ward in this show. And I think that they certainly feel a certain uh, responsibility to the actor who's been here since the beginning and been here since before the show was a thing. And I think if you are going to, quote-unquote, joss someone out of the show, I, you know, that's a tough decision to make. And fine, they've, they've killed people off before. And as beloved as B.J. Britt was in this show, at least he wasn't original cast. At least he was brought in for to be a recurring character in one season. And then they sat him down and said, all right, buddy, we want you for 10 episodes. Not 9, not 11, 10. Season finale. Figure it out from there. You're probably going to die. Um, they don't know what to do with Ward, and now they've gotten rid of Ward, as as near as I can tell, but they get to keep the actor, at least to the end of the season. So, I guess R.I.P. Ward. Um, I'm sorry that the writers couldn't bring you back into the fold, because I I, I would have been cool with you being an, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. Well, it, it smacks of, like you said, not being able to write him, that they continually tease the notion of redemption, that there might be some way he could find his way back, even with the dastardly things he had done throughout this run with Hydra. And, and then the buy-in here, okay, he he saw a monument of the symbol that he's fought for for the last two years. That gave him new purpose. That felt like, you know, f- false uh, belief, really. Um, I, I guess that, all right, it's here. 
and and we do this back on earth too maybe but um yeah d- disappointed how the character if the character is done and we'll talk some more in our level seg- 7 segment if that's indeed the case disappointed at, at how it seems to end here matt um powers booths malik isn't in a ton of scenes in this episode but in the tag there coming face to face with uh mavith and earlier in the episode the idea that he's going to have inhumans here only 10 or 12 of them didn't make it as an army but we know there's a lot more where they came from pete i can now reveal uh some 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 news that we've been sitting on uh this is that you know as they look to to uh turn marvel properties into various you know with tv shows movies whatever the special uh web series called mavic mavith and malik bad guys uh it's going to be their dastardly adventure it's gonna be a 10-part youtube series um no i malik is a great character um i wouldn't be surprised if uh in a shocking reveal he's killed about uh, three episodes into the spring slot of episode the spring slot of episodes um but he's great and uh i mean he's just so charming powers booth is that that you hope they can keep him around for as long as possible but it probably is just a you know it's probably a ticking time bomb that deal well i'll be damned how about will matt um not will will i ain't um, the realization that Will was killed when um, Fitz was helping Simmons cross back to Earth and uh, this cat and mouse game that's played throughout the episode. For as possible as it was the whole time in the episode, and even if you were not completely tuned into the episode, there was always that possibility nonetheless. Um Despite that, it was a good reveal and it was a good twist. And even the effect of showing the flesh rotted away from his bone uh, was a really great effect too. Um, they probably were able to hide some gore with the the blue the, the blue color timing to the to the color palette. Um, but it was a nice reveal, and it only adds to the poignancy of real Will's uh, sacrifice there uh, to to let Gemma live. Given the last time we saw the character, which is at the end of episode five, 4,722 hours in the tag scene there, the sun had come up on that planet and he had the empty gun and he threw it down before it suddenly got dark. We were certainly teased that there was some connection uh, there. So not a really huge surprise that that would happen. Um, But I just think that, again, much like with Ward, you offer no coda to the character. Um, You know, Coulson chokes him out. There's no, you know, back and forth between them. There's no, you know, Obi-Wan to Anakin. You were my brother. I loved you type of thing. You know, you were on the team. You you screwed us over. Instead, it's just a lot of anger and, and that's it. You know, Will buys it off screen. I think that that's emblematic of moments in this first half of the season where the story has wobbled a bit. It hasn't fallen over. There haven't been bad episodes. But I think that it's 
it's so jam-packed and so action-packed and there's so much going on and there's mystery and intrigue and what will happen next that it's not quite as contained as S.H.I.E.L.D. versus HYDRA. You know, that there's there's more to it, which is good. The scope has increased and the, the mystery has increased and we've had the ATCU. See, that mnemonic device worked. Thank you, listener. Um <laughs> Uh, you know that, and, and you know that they're somewhat separate from Hydra, separate from Shield, and it's all multifaceted. I think in that, a couple of crumbs have fallen off the table. How about uh, Andrew here? Uh, Gemma is, uh, you know, hesitant to let him out. She's in a tight spot there. She does, and he kills these Inhumans, and he's now at large. My feeling is Andrew is not a villain in this episode. That said, Andrew slash Lash is guilty of perhaps the worst crime that we've seen from all these baddies, which is systematic and intentional ethnic cleansing of people, regardless of their like how they've lived their life. Do you, you know, think he wants to ban any inhuman Americans uh, from our country? I It pains me to say that I believe... He, he would be for that. He would be for that. And therefore, despite the fact that he saves Gemma, see, just because he's saying something that you might want to hear today doesn't mean that it's really a good idea. In fact, it's a terrible idea, a reminder on why he's on the dossier. And uh, lastly, Matt, we get to Mavith. It now inhabiting the body of Grant Ward, what is this thing and what is the game? It's an interesting proposition that they have placed for themselves story-wise. That in the next 12 episodes, the great Hydra evil sought after for all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, this, this mythical you know devil beast has come to Earth and now there will be the reckoning. Those are big shoes to fill. And, you know, the show is understandably and justifiably less reliant on the movies. And I think that's good. But there's going to be all this interesting movie stuff going on that don't ever intersect with alien hell beast on Earth to get its, you know, damn Ned revenge on all humanity. Um which I guess is where we're headed. So I guess that that intersection or that cohesion to the larger MCU or whatever, I think might be tested by the desire for the biggest, baddest baddie shield has ever met. And this one's from hell. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how they go about it. Um, the weight is definitely going to increase the speculation. Um, you know, is this further connected to the Hydra storyline? Does this branch off onto its own thing? That's going to remain to be seen. I like that Grant Ward, um, you know, is is the familiar face through which we get it. And I think that's going to offer some interesting interactions in terms of, oh, we killed you. No, you're something else now, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Plus, it sets up the interesting dynamic that now Malik is going to be taking the orders from Ward I Ain't. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, is their Ward still in there? 
I'm going to go with no, and I could easily be wrong. I think it would be the lesser of the story options to say, you know, I can feel words growing inside me. There is still some good in him. Like, commit to what you did because it was a really potent, if not controversial, moment. And if you want to tell me Coulson acted out of character and killed a man because Coulson made a decision as the cowboy in the desert that this man needed to die and he was willing to take the the sin to see him die stick with that because i don't necessarily agree with that because that's not my colson but if you want to take your character there let's see what that does let's see let's see how how that affects him you know if we're gonna have four episodes of colson repentant and colson trying to you know whatever find his way back from 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 the maw of taking someone else's life okay that's interesting stuff to work with but if it's just like well colson's not really going to care because ward's actually kind of back so no killsies no guiltsies it's all good i don't want to do that i want ward to be dead even though i don't want brett dalton to leave this show but i really think as we said earlier that's where it's headed well matt you just predicted exactly how it's going to go and i say this with no inside knowledge but yes. how else are you going to defeat this threat uh from without you're not and that will be absent of a heart-rending uh colson disappointed in ward and i have to mercy kill you because you've become this evil thing and you can't be turned around this is where the redemption will come from and this is where oh there's still the good in him yep. you've got to overpower it that's where it's going to go and i'm going to say that on december 8th so come late april early may i look forward to being correct as usual as you were explaining it, I came around to it. There still is Ward. Ward is still alive in there somewhere because then he gets to have the the, the redemption moment. Uh, we have seen that the body can be killed, and presumably, if there's no host, then who knows? But we're gonna have Ward at the end. Of, Ward is gonna be the Terminator at the end of Terminator Two, lowering himself <laughs> down in, going, "No, I must kill it. It's growing inside me." And as he gets lowered into, you the, love this Howard the Duck. Thing. Absolutely, Howard the Duck was a really important movie in my childhood, only to discover right, for a bunch of reasons, including you know, it's a it's a George Lucas classic plus Leah Thompson, uh, only to go back as an adult and discover that only the leah thompson stuff held up um anyhow as ward lowers himself into the molten liquid and looks up and gives a thumbs up that's when we will say there was still good in him the end for brett dalton the end for ward goodbye um so yeah ward ward exists ward lives it's a good way to send him off and that you could set up that that inner battle and, and create that conflict within that entity, I, I think can be effective. So, you know, you, you retcon what they did here as being a poor decision for getting the better decision down the road. How about Lash, Matt? Uh, having killed these Inhumans, um, we have Inhumans on our team now. There are, uh, you know, containment units of them stored for Hydra. So he's really this uh, this rogue uh inhuman himself out there here is what i bet was the discussion by the production so the show took a little while to find its feet blah 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 hydra storyline 
first half of season two, second half of season two are three connected but ultimately separate parts. And I think that what they said was that's awesome and that sounds like and feels like the kind of TV people watch, which is that 10 to 13 episode kind of thing, but in the 22 episode order, which is what you need to do for broadcast. But we've separated them into the military meal and you keep your peas from touching your carrots. We need to have a little bit more transfer over while still having a fall story arc and a spring story arc. The fact that Andrew continues on and Malik continues on, uh, I think are ways to kind of bring together, bind together the two parts of the season a little bit, even though there's going to be the what's the mystery with the portal portion. And then there's going to be fight hell spawn on earth portion. Uh, I am totally in favor of Lash out there, and Lash can return as needed, but I think Blair Underwood doesn't make it to the end of the season either. And lastly, Matt, Coulson left his hand on Ward there. Uh, What happens to Coulson's arm and a new hand, and does anything happen to that hand? Well, I think that he leaves the hand because it's it's Macbeth here, you know, out, out, damn spot. Hey, I can take the spotted thing off me and leave it here, the thing of my guilt. Uh, I think it's also kind of a handy visual that, you know, alien Brett Dalton gets to return holding it as further proof that it's actually him and not a hologram, not a copy, not a this, not a that. Um, I think that'll be the extent of how they use it. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be like this is the odd terminator connection i don't think it's going to be like oh now that we have the colson hand we can we can create a whole robot out of it um i just think he's gonna snap a new hand on there and hopefully they put some superpowers in there because that would be pretty cool laser finger open the mailbag matt let's check the wire we're going to begin with a little bit of older business on the fantastic geek facebook page there was quite a bit of discussion amongst several of our uh fans about uh what had happened in uh the previous week's episode with um Ward and the uh, it was stated rather unclearly in the episode. Uh, his brother said that this had happened um, when Ward was 17. A um, couple different uh, aspects here. We had Robert T. Frost, Darren Shea, and Jamie Patton all joining in on the conversation there. This is why our fans, Matt, are uh, really detail oriented. Robert writes in, he just finished listening to the podcast for a second time. And in the theorized portion of the show, Matt mentions that the stones looked like they were arranged in a pentagram and also that they were trying to bring back a devilish figure. Now, I know that the TV show and the movies don't tie together too tightly, but a pentagram and a devilish finger figure sound awfully like otherworldly, transdimensional, and maybe a little magical. Normally, I would have to say that we are too far out from a Doctor Strange tie-in, but hey, don't we already have Inhumans? Darren Shea noticed the pentagram as well when the stones were activated, and he didn't think it was an accident. Uh, Jamie Patton brought up the uh, age here of Grant Ward. I think the mention of Ward being 17 was in reference to the first time he tried to burn the house down with his brother in it. I, uh, it's how he ended up in juvie or prison. Uh, 
uh, which is where Garrett found him. I feel like it was part of his backstory that was covered in a flashback in Ragtag, and that was episode 21 of season one. And then Robert replied to that. Indeed, Jamie, I believe you're right. There is also more Ward family backstory in season two, episode six of Fractured House. Coulson confronts Christian Ward in his office and learns more. Um, so the the whole idea and, and Robert had uh, had messaged us as well was the aspect that Ward did burn down a house and then there was this second fire. Um, but stated the way, and I think that's the point we we're trying to make, these listeners are absolutely correct in the details. Um, you know, remembering that we go from watching the show to recording an episode about the show, not sitting here. Okay. I'm going to go back and rewatch that episode and da, 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 you know, trying to give you that instant reaction and, and get it out there as quickly as possible. Um, the way it was stated on the show was very confusing. And I think we were both in that boat. We, we absolutely were a bit uh, confused and we both had kind of had caught the, the, the questionable portion of episodes. So big appreciations to those people for having that discussion on the Facebook page. I guess Pete, even though I'm not a big Facebook guy, kind of hats off to the platform because that is a place to have that kind of, you know, asynchronous group discussion there in a way that's a little bit uh, less immediate than, say, Twitter or, or something like that. So uh, thank you all for chiming in. Definitely. And Pete, that discussion actually ties in great uh, to an email that we got from uh, Noah Gregory, who had asked about uh, who we thought uh, who we thought death was. So some great discussion from from, you know, from his question to the discussion we just had there about uh, some possible magic connections. Pete, also want to give props to Mike Sorensen, who sent an email at 958 p.m. That is before <laughs> the teaser uh, pardon me, before the uh, – what's the, the final the part tag. called? Before the tag scene happened, his prediction was Ward is dead, but Brett Dalton will be bath as, back as Maveth possessing the body. So he absolutely got that scent, did Mike Sorensen, uh, before that was on the screen. So good on you there, Mike. Uh, of course, he's right there. I was asked throughout the day about what happened in this episode – on our Facebook page and I, I could not <laughs> bring myself to spoil. I got to see this, um, a little while ahead and, uh, yeah, you, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> How do you do I'm, it, Pete? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell people when I see it ahead of time, apart from the fact that I've really got to call in a lot of favors to be able to do this. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll hint and, and we'll play and, and everything like that. And I think it's a lot of fun, but I, I think that, you know, people enjoy seeing it. Um, you know, I am somebody that, that seeks out details ahead of time. And, you know, Matt is the person that runs from a, a, an image of the Millennium Falcon because he doesn't want to know that that's in the movie. I just got you. Well, I knew that from the, I knew that from, Oh, uh, Oh, Oh, from, all right. Yeah. So, so I see how it is, Matt. There's certain spoilers that are good enough, and there's others that aren't. So yeah, that's uh, that's spoilerist. Wow, wow. 
Well, Pete, before we start to transition to wrapping up this first half of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season, just want to remind everybody that uh, the adventure continues on the Jessica Jones podcast that we're doing. Uh, and then that'll uh, be uh, picked up. <laughs> Basically, let's see, the week after that wrap-up ends, we will then do a preview for Agent Carter ahead of doing uh, doing uh, podcasts on Tuesdays uh, for Agent Carter once that starts. And that'll then immediately go into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So uh, if you're only subscribed to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed, that's what will be going on all on the other feeds. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, you will continue to get Jessica Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Star Wars later in the month. Maybe some other holiday-related stuff, and then boom, before you know it, we're, we're uh, back for uh, Peggy Carter there. Yes, Tuesday, January 19th. That is a change from the original schedule, which was Tuesday, January 5th, but the president is going to be speaking on the 12th, so they did not want to back that up um, in terms of content. They wanted to all run seamlessly. Matt, I have one more uh you know, uh, communique here. We have an iTunes review from uh, Mylar Boxers. <laughs> um, the headline is Awesome AOS Analysis, five stars. And it reads This is by far the best podcast for AOS. They summarize, analyze, theorize, and do it all in depth and intelligently. I look forward to each episode of this podcast as much as I do. Each episode of the show itself, absolutely a must-listen for any AOS addict. Thanks, Mylar Boxers. Your words warm my heart as much as Mylar Boxers would warm someone's bits. I have no response to that other than, Matt, it's time to reveal what people might win. And then we're going to reveal who wins it. Pete, all the way back at Special Edition NYC, that comics-focused uh, convention done by Reed Pop, the fine New York uh, Comic-Con people, we picked up a little something. We picked up a an Agent May bobblehead from, uh, it was not actually from that convention, but when we were in the city for it, from Midtown Comics in the Manhattan. Uh, and it has sat on my shelf here, waiting for these many days to come, and Pete, we're going to be sending it off to a uh, to somebody soon that uh, Agent May uh, pop little uh, figurine here. And Pete, it wants its new home. Yes, and uh, I want to thank everybody for sharing, for retweeting, for everything you did throughout these 10 episodes. To wind up in the hopper, there were well over uh, 800 names that wound up in here and we're about to draw one right now matt can i get a drum roll or whatever you do uh sure (laughs) okay and the home for the agent may funko pop vinyl is going to be that of durand sentinus ah very very nice very very nice so please get in touch with us either via facebook or via twitter and uh, send us your address, and we will get this on out to you. Congratulations, and thanks again to everybody for doing this. And we'll see what other kind of promos, what other kind of goodies here we can reach into for the second half of the year. Absolutely. Well, 
with that, Pete, I mean, it seems a long way off, but it's uh, it's going to be May 8th before we know it. Kind of some good symmetry there. December or March 8th, 8th. May 8th. March May, 8th. Is, yeah. Pete, I confuse March and May. There's a little wire in my brain that's twisted. May is the fifth month that has three letters, and, and the May other one's the other way around. Gave away. <laughs> what? May is what we just gave away. That is true. We just gave May away. Um, but, Pete, let's wrap this puppy up one more time for 2015. The greater gift, well, maybe not quite as great as an Agent May figurine, but almost equal to that is talking with you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 6,795 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast throughout the year, even when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't on. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. You can find us under that name on the dot com, the Gmail, the Twitter. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word. Like us today, and you'll be part of everything we say. Just want to mention, Pete, since this is the last uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode for 2015, uh, it is in early January that our uh, our podcast uh, storage and bandwidth costs uh, occur. It's a yearly expense. If you would like to help out with that, you could head over to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek uh, or go to fantasticgeek.com and click on the, the PayPal link. Even a little goes a long way. It's been uh, it's been great to be uh, to be. Ha- having some people share their appreciation with uh kind of helping keep keep the podcast going pete yes thank you so much for everybody that's been a part of that campaign and you have no idea how much you really help us deliver these podcasts to you well that pete i will say adios to all our listeners unless of course you're going to be back later in the week for the jessica jones fund if you're not signed up for that get signed up on the pop culture podcast feed but Pete, talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this will be it for a little while. I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final 2015 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. word. Look what the word brought in.